0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma mia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get
1: $10 off a yearly subscription. You so much.
0: You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When the country learned that a 95-year-old woman suffering with dementia had been tasered by police in her nursing home, we were shocked.
2: The police officer, accused of tasering 95-year-old aged care resident Claire Nowland, has been charged. She was tasered when she began to slowly approach police using her walking frame. It can only be described as the saddest of
3: developments.
0: A 95-year-old great-grandmother, tasered by police in her aged care home, dying tonight. There are now opinions on what should happen to the officer involved, questions surrounding the conduct of police, both the officer who deployed his taser and his superiors, and what happens now Claire Nolan's family have had to say goodbye to their beloved gran. Today, we ask a former magistrate whether he's ever seen anything like this in his career here in Australia and what we should learn about how Australia treats its ageing population and how police should be held accountable for their actions. But first, your news headlines for Friday, May 26. A German prosecutor has played down hopes of an imminent breakthrough in the 16-year hunt for missing British toddler Madeleine McCann as police wrap up the search for her remains on the shoreline of a Portuguese reservoir. A source close to the investigation has revealed that there have been no major finds in the three-day search, started after a tip-off from a credible source to German authorities. The tip-off did not come from the man being held in a German prison on other charges not related to the McCann disappearance, but who has been named as the prime suspect. Investigations are underway into a massive Sydney CBD fire that tore through two empty buildings yesterday. Crews were called to Randall Street in Surrey Hills Thursday afternoon to find two multi story buildings, one a former hat factory, alight. The blaze shutting down the nearby streets and rail line, with adjacent buildings evacuated as parts of the building's walls started to collapse. While the cause of the fire is yet to be determined, authorities say it's incredibly lucky no one was injured. A 15 year old boy has been charged after allegedly firing shots at a school in Perth's North. The boy, a former student of the school, has been charged with discharging a firearm in a manner to cause fear and possessing a prohibited weapon, amongst other serious offences. The teen allegedly taking the two high-powered rifles from his home to the Atlantis Beach Baptist College, where he fired three shots into the side of a building. The shooter was arrested at the scene as students were locked down inside, seeking shelter under their desks. Depending on whose report you read, either Russia has successfully taken the eastern city of Bakhmut, or Ukrainian troops are pushing back the Russian position in a new counter-offensive. According to an advisor of the Ukrainian president, the counter-offensive has been going on for days, and that Russia is not capable of defending their own territory, let alone hold Bakhmut, referring to recent fighting across the Russian border, allegedly by anti-Putin Russians. The advisor saying what's happening in the border region is a shock to Putin and will lead to his end. Meanwhile, troops from the Wagner Group of Russian mercenaries have begun withdrawing from positions in Bakhmut, handing control to Russia's regular army as they await their next deployment. A founder of an American far-right anti-government militia has been jailed for 18 years over his role in the January 6 Capitol building riot. Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, was sentenced for seditious conspiracy and other crimes related to the attack. Rhodes stood before the judge insisting he's a political prisoner, the judge telling him he is not and that it's clear Rhodes wants the democracy of the US to devolve into violence, adding that he represents an ongoing threat to the country. Rhodes, a former army paratrooper turned Yale-educated lawyer, has been handed the longest jail term of any of the more than 1,000 people charged in connection with the attack on the Capitol, the second longest handed to the Pennsylvania man who attacked police during the rampage, now serving 14 years behind bars. Australians are reportedly falling out of love with cask wine. Researchers at Melbourne's La Trobe University found that people who drink boxed wine or goon are now drinking it less, but are more likely to be heavy drinkers. Health risks associated with the low-cost alcohol and social stigma believe to be contributing factors to people ditching the Aussie classic in favour of more expensive bottled wine. Australian Bureau of Statistics data shows a 30% drop in cask wine sales between 2004 and 2020 2014, while bottled wine sales increased by 40%. That's your latest news headlines. In a moment, today's deep dive. Wednesday, Senior Constable Christian White was charged over the tasering of 95-year-old Claire Noland at her nursing home in Cooma in southern New South Wales.
2: New South Wales Police have commenced legal action against a 33-year-old senior constable from Monaro Police District for the offences of recklessly inflict grievous bodily harm, assault occasioning actual bodily harm and assault. This matter now is before the court and there's little more than I can say about it.
0: That's New South Wales Police Commissioner Karen Webb announcing the charges. The officer now suspended on full pay while the investigation continues. But just a few hours after that press conference, Claire Noland died from the injury she sustained after she fell to the ground on receiving the electric shock from Officer White's taser, the fall fracturing her skull. Claire Noland had lived at the Yellenby Lodge aged care facility for the past five years. She was a much loved member of the Cooma community, where she regularly volunteered her time with St Vincent de Paul. Claire was mum to eight, grandma to 24, and great grandma to 31. But later in life, her mind started to fail her, something that is becoming all too common amongst Australia's aging population. Her family, unable to ensure her safety as dementia took over, placed her in the care of the facility as she turned 90. Police have been called by staff at Yallenby Lodge in the early hours of Wednesday morning last week after reports one of the residents had armed themselves with a steak knife and they were unable to handle the situation. We don't know exactly what happened at this point, other than what Deputy Commissioner Peter Cotter described in a press conference on Friday.
2: At the time she was tasered, Um, she was approaching police, but it is fair to say at, at a slow pace. She had a walking frame, but she had a knife.
0: What we do know is that this story has made headlines not just here in Australia, but across the world, reaching the New York Times and TV broadcasts in the UK. The question many asked is how a 33 year old police officer with 15 years experience came to the decision to taser a 95-year-old woman who weighed just over 40 kilos and who needed the use of a walking frame to get around. Yes, she was armed. Did he feel his life was in danger? Did he feel she was endangering someone else or herself? What other methods of disarming and de-escalating the situation were attempted before this extreme and now deadly solution? The body cam footage from the camera worn by Officer White has not been released to the public. Commissioner Webb explaining to the Today Show her decision not to watch it and find out for
2: herself the answers to those questions. I may watch this video when all the evidence comes before me, but if I, watching that video now is not going to make the investigation go any faster. Mm. And that's the point. I need these detectives who are the best in New South Wales to work through this methodically, follow a process, and then I'll review it as a whole.
0: She says the family does not want this video to be in the public domain, but admits that what that video contains may not show the officer involved in a
2: good light. I've heard um, about the the video and it may not look good at all, but we really need to work with the facts and not speculate. So it'll just take time to do this properly.
3: Okay. but but you have heard um, through various channels that it
2: doesn't look great? I have heard that.
0: Katie understands the struggle Claire Nolan's family faced as they watched their loved ones succumb to dementia. It happened to her dad too. He was
3: a great provider of the family, a strong businessman, ran multiple businesses both here in Australia and in Papua New Guinea. And then towards his late 70s, the signs started to show that, okay, something's not right here. When he got to his 80th birthday, it was quite evident that... He wasn't well, and straight after his 80th birthday, he ended up spending three months in hospital with a heart problem, and that obviously aggravated the dementia. We couldn't manage him at home safely. He was a night walker. He had a lot of falls. We as a family made a pact to never have him leave our home in an ambulance. So he had a few extensive stints in hospital, and it was there when the hospital turned around and said to us, he can't go back home and he can't be here. We need to put him somewhere where he's safest. And that's how he ended up going into a nursing home.
0: Putting him somewhere where he is safest is what Katie says so many families in her position feel when putting someone they love suffering from dementia into a care facility.
3: Without a question, I thought that he would have... 24-hour care that there was always someone around there to help him that was there acting for him in his best interest for what he needed. So by putting him into a home we thought well he's going to be in the right environment. There's qualified people there that are going to be able to nurture him and help him and the equipment there that if he can't get up out of bed that they can assist him the best way possible more than what we could have ever been able to do.
0: She says she understands that working in a home treating dementia patients can't be easy.
3: Dementia affects every person differently. I've never met anyone that has the same journey as what we've had or the next person next to them has had. Everyone has it differently. But he wasn't a danger to himself or anyone else. But yes, he did get very confused. He got angry. He got frustrated. And it's that not knowing. I know I'm not meant to be here. I don't want to be here. This isn't my home. Why isn't anyone helping me here?
0: But, Katie says, after hearing about what happened to Claire Noland and knowing what her dad and her family went through dealing with this disease, she immediately felt compelled to write an open letter to the police commissioner condemning their treatment of Claire Noland and calling for them to be better educated about dealing with people with mental health issues.
3: My first issue with her was when in the initial interview she gave, she said that, she would review training procedures for police officers should it be deemed that they had done something wrong. Is it not evident already? There was a better way to handle that situation. There is a doctor on call in nursing homes that could have been there that could have administered medication to help sedate her if that's what it needed to happen. The fact that that was her answer to begin with and then proceed to say, I don't think I'll watch the video. Why? Why? That's just hiding. This police officer obviously had no idea what he was going into, should never have been there to begin with. I don't believe that the police needed to be called initially. I think this is bigger than the police. The issue started in the nursing home and how they handled themselves. They should have known her. If they knew her as a person, then they would have been able to talk her through that scenario. It may not have happened straight away, but it could have happened.
0: David Hallipin is the Dean of Law at Southern Cross University, who was at one stage the youngest magistrate in Australia, appointed in 1998 before retiring from the role in 2020. David, in all your years overseeing cases in this country, have you seen anything like this?
1: No, I haven't. Of course, I've seen police brutality and I've called it out. And I am sure your listeners can Google things like the bashing by battens of a young person in a lane in Byron Bay, some police cells in Ballina where a young man was beaten and of course, we've all seen the videos of the deaths of Aboriginal people in custody, for example, when people are on them, the death of Curtie in Sydney with spray cans and tasers. But I have not ever seen an example like this, where a 95-year-old woman weighing 45 kilos is tasered as she approaches using her walking frame and carrying a knife. I mean, it is so beyond the pale.
0: We know that that officer was wearing a body cam. We know that there is footage. We know that the police commissioner has said that she has refused to watch it until she gets all of the facts given to her. The assistant commissioner said that he had watched it. It was confronting, but not in the public interest to see it. We're also hearing word that the families have maybe said that they don't want people to see it. Where do you stand on the sharing and who should have watched that body cam footage by now?
1: Well, there's two issues there. The first is uh, whether it should be released. And in a way, that's the wrong question. It's really a question of when it would be released. Each of those examples that I gave to your first question, the videos were eventually released either by court or by the police or by the family or during proceedings. So it's really not a question of whether it's going to be released. The question is when should it be released? And my answer to that is Absolutely, as soon as possible. There is no disinfectant like light. And the, the police regularly release footage. In fact, almost every night on the news, you see footage. That the police themselves release with police watermarks of their arrests, of putting people in the back of paddy wagons, of breaking down doors, of dragging people out of houses in their underpants. These are people who are not even charged at that point. Yet the police have no hesitation in releasing that in a way that is incredibly public and damaging. They don't seek consent of the family for that. And yet here we have a situation where the police are saying it's not in the public interest to release this. Well, The only way for people to decide themselves, something that deeply concerns them in terms of people who've got family in homes, who interact with the police regularly, the only way to put some disinfectant on this situation is by releasing the material. And I'm in favour of releasing it Absolutely, as soon as possible, so that people have some idea what's going on. As for the second question as to whether the police commissioner could listen to it, I just don't understand that at all. I mean, I'm the Dean of Law at Southern Cross Uni. If one of my staff, of whom there's, you know, probably 50 or 60, had done something that was alleged to be seriously wrong, I'd want to see the footage immediately.
0: We know that there is an ongoing investigation into this particular case, So we can't comment too much about the officer or his conduct, but there is a distrust amongst the Australian public when it comes to investigating police because they're investigated by their colleagues. Should we be suspicious of police investigating themselves?
1: Look, I was a magistrate for 22 years and when wrongdoing was alleged to have occurred by magistrates. Magistrates don't investigate that, nor do judges. It's by the Judicial Commission of New South Wales, an independent statutory investigative authority, and that's exactly as it should be. When politicians do something wrong, they have a royal commission or they have a standing ICAC or similar because it should be at arm's length and independent. The police are not unique in that they have the ability to completely stand back and be transparent and objective in these circumstances. And I think history has shown that police investigating police simply does not work in a key way, and that is it does not give public trust that the investigation is proper, thorough, and comes to an outcome that is fair and just. It should be completely independent and at arm's length from the New South Wales Police. I can't think of another organisation in Australia except for police services that are charged with investigating themselves.
0: We've seen police officers in front of courts, even in recent times with Constable Rolfe in the Northern Territory over the shooting death of Kumanjai Walker. When we see officers found not guilty in occasions like that, We presume that it's because the officer has justified the use of force in the line of duty. Is that what we would expect to see if this case does end up in court?
1: Look, sadly, the history of convictions for police brutality is very slim in Australia, and the usual course of events uh, is that uh, rigorous defences are mounted, and sometimes, of course, justifiably, charges are dismissed. I think that we would expect to see that sort of defence mounted this time. And I think, though, that the real issue here is the use of tasers generally, and that where they are misused, and I've seen other cases where they're misused, that the consequences are serious and immediate, and that there's general policy and training changes that result from that. So whatever the outcome of this particular case, one would hope that the legacy is a really significant change to policy and procedure regarding tasers. I mean, these clearly are not toys. I think we've all seen videos of when people are tasered and they fall to the ground and they fall like a lead balloon, stiff and straight without any ability to break their fall or without any ability to protect their head and their face from the ground social media has been very active on this, but I was particularly taken by a post from an aged care nurse saying that, you know, their practice in exactly that situation is to literally attack them with a doona, you know, fold the doona up and push them up against a wall and then they're sedated. And, you know, one can think of a myriad of solutions other than tasering a 95-year-old.
0: What do you think should happen in this case? I know you've said what you hope Happens in that people are trained better in order to avoid this situation in the future. But what do you think should happen to that officer and to the situation? What should happen in the future from here on?
1: Well, look, I suppose my lawyer hat says to me that I hope there's a fair proceedings and a just result. You know, I'm in no position, and that's the difficulty. I don't think any of us are in a position to judge as yet until we can see the video i mean the telegraph is saying that he said inappropriate things just prior to firing the taser things that are indicative of the kind of reckless disregard that the charge states but at this stage that's just gossip or rumor and we will just have to wait and see but You know, I don't think anybody would say that, you know, they want him to go to jail for the rest of his life. I certainly wouldn't say that. I want justice to be done and let's hope it is.
0: The rules governing the use of tasers by New South Wales Police say that they can only be used against an elderly person if under exceptional circumstances, when it's necessary to prevent harm to themselves or others. This will be part of the investigation the timeline of which has yet to be released. But this incident, again, has placed a spotlight on the aged care system here in Australia. The final report from the Aged Care Royal Commission, entitled Care, Dignity and Respect, called for a fundamental reform to the aged care system. But the ABC uncovered that Yallambi Lodge had a history of non-compliance when audited in the past, that the aged care regulator had issued the facility a serious risk decision in 2018, saying they'd placed the safety, health or wellbeing of a care recipient of the service at serious risk. But there are no details as to what led to that assessment. In 2020, the facility was re-accredited, despite being found non-compliant, in seven of the eight standards for an aged care facility in areas including restraint minimisation, managing residents with challenging behaviours and failing to assess whether dementia patients were experiencing pain. By the end of that year, though, the assessment showed they'd been passed as fully compliant. Katie says she definitely thinks not enough has been done after the findings of the Royal Commission.
3: There's definitely not enough staff. There's definitely not the right staff there. Unfortunately, to work in a nursing home, you don't need an extensive amount of training. There are RNs there that have obviously had those trainings, but there's only one per each area, and then you have other people that just assist them. But if they knew their patients, if they were there for the right reasons, then this would never have occurred.
0: The aged care provider is now also being investigated over the death of Claire Noland. So what does Katie think should happen to Senior Constable White?
3: I don't want to lynch him. I don't want people to go after this man. How he handled it is wrong. I don't know him. Far from it. I don't know what his personality or his beliefs are at all. But knowledge is power. And he needs to learn, as does everyone, on how to handle these situations. And this isn't just in nursing homes. This is a mental health issue here. People need to learn, rather than resort to violence, that there are other alternatives. We don't know his situation, where he was prior to this. Was he at the end of his shift? What else he had to deal with that night? I don't believe that he should be hung and quartered for this, but I do believe there definitely needs to be education and consequences, and they need to go work with these people. They need to be in these nursing homes to understand. You can't just go read a book and go okay yeah get someone with a mental illness or get someone with dementia anyone in a nursing home is someone's foundation and that's what people need to remember we've got to live with our heart not always with our head and what we need to quick we've got an answer let's just taser done move on doesn't work
0: Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. And if there's a new story you'd like us to check out for you in a little more detail, here's how you get your story ideas to us. Shoot us an email, thequickie, at mamamia.com.au, or you can find us on the socials. We're on Twitter and Instagram.